What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good evening, everybody. Tonight we're going to be debating, do demons exist? And uh, 10 minutes on the floor, over to you, Justice. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, T-Job. Thank you, everyone, uh, for coming to out to see the debate tonight. Thanks to Modern Day Debate in general for the platform, and to James specifically for creating it for us. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about, do uh, demons exist, or evidence uh, for <laughs> the existence of the demonic? Um, first of all, I'd like to say the reasons why I uh, would like to have this debate. Uh, the, the number one reason is that I would like there to be a, a record on the internet, sort of for people who might otherwise miss the the notice that there are there are such a thing as uh, demonic entities and that can influence your life, and that there is a way to get help if you're in such a such a circumstance where um, demonic influence is involved in you know interacting with your life so for me that's it's an evangelical sort of outreach opportunity to tell people about it so why would i be the one to tell people about it um i'm uh, my name is justice walker and i've been a missionary in russia for over 20 years i was originally born and raised in the united states but have been uh overseas uh in this particular mission field for for quite a long time and inadvertently completely uh without my desiring it I fell into a, a ministry of helping people become uh, relieved from demonic influences that they're having in their in their lives. Uh, people who would come to our church uh, and people who would, wouldn't weren't even members of our church would often uh, years ago begin to come to us for help with um, unexplained phenomena in their homes um, that we could then help with and. Uh, over the course of the last 20 years, I've been privy to some 20-some exorcisms um, and have seen the both the horror and the terror of demonic influence on people's lives and the peace and release and relief that people can gain when those uh, demonic influences are expelled. Um, before I get into my evidence, I, <laughs> I'd like to... Um, really quick, because last time the, this debate that I did this, there was a lot of people in the chats that said, oh, you know, he makes his living, charges people. In fact, we never advertise any kind of exorcism kind of like service. People who have an issue are looking for answers and they come to the church for that. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And second, I never neither, you know, for my pastoral services or if I do what I call cleaning, uh, never take any money for that. That's definitely a pro deo <laughs> kind of a service um, that we do 
to help people out. So the, the motive is always simply to give people um, release and relief from the oppression and the terror that they are um, involved in. So the uh, <laughs> the evidence for the demonic. First, we're going to go to historic evidence. Second, we're going to go to um, what I would consider objective evidence or other other testimony. And the third will be my own personal experiences, uh, anecdotal. So historic evidence is that belief in the demonic historically is the most widespread belief among all cultures and all societies throughout all time. There is less belief in a higher deity uh, throughout that throughout all all nations and cultures and times than there is in the demonic. The demonic has had more belief by all cultures and all times than the um, than even a, a higher deity. So again, this is uh, of course T jump will jump on it and say, uh, pun intended, we'll jump on it and say that. Um, this is a, a argument from history and, or from popularity, and that is to some extent true, but you have to take into consideration that if this is a universally held belief by all peoples in all times, it may need something more than just hand-waving to, uh, to dismiss it. Uh, the second set of evidence is that in modern times, we do have evidence of exorcisms and um, the, the demonic. Uh, two things that I'd like to a note is there's a very good exorcist. Uh, his name is Father uh, Martin Carlos, uh, who has been doing exorcisms for over 20 years, is documented a large uh, variety of his experiences. Um, and I would refer anyone to his podcast uh, to get um, both an entertaining and informative uh, introduction into that world. Also, uh, there is a professor of psychology, um, and his book is um, demonic foes, where he looks at the, the the instances of demonic oppression and demonic possession of people, particularly through the lens of psychology. So de de defining where there are actual psychological issues and where there actually are something that's not explained by psychology, and that is definitely uh, more than that. Um, and we can get into some more of these uh, types of people as the debate uh, goes on. The third uh, set of evidence is my own personal experiences, um, where, as I said, I kind of fell into helping uh, what I call clean apartments or clean houses uh, from demonic influences. And this happened because I ended up, when I was a young missionary living in an apartment in a city that had a, what we would call a house spirit or a house demon. Um, and having suffered some affliction from that, uh, we figured out how to expel the demon, and that was where my career started. And ever since then, I've, uh, like I said, had about 20 different experiences with uh, expelling demons from dwellings. Um, and why demons would like to, you know, indwell houses or bodies, we can get into that in the back and forth. Uh, but in short, that is my uh, water cooler presentation. I don't know where I am on my time because I'm blind and can't see the clock. But <laughs> you still have, uh, but that is more or less over so. three and a half minutes. Yeah, so I'll just uh, cede the rest of my time there and kick it over to T-Jump, um, and then we can get into the question, uh, the uh, back and forth. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Justice, for your opening. I just want to remind everybody hanging out in the live chat uh, that we are a friendly, neutral space here at Modern Day Debate. We host uh, debates on science, politics, religion, and we hope that you all feel welcome uh, hanging out in the live chat or just listening in on our podcast forum, which all of these will be uploaded to our podcast within 24 hours uh, of us having them, along with our guests uh, linked in the description uh, of our podcast and our YouTube video. So with that, I'll hand it over to you, T-Jump. You have 10 minutes on the floor. And starting now. Uh, there is no evidence of demons existing. All of the evidence is to the contrary. The reason the scientific method uh, exists is in order to differentiate imagination from reality. And the fact that demons have never been able to make any novel predictions indicates that they are imaginary, not real. Just like magic crystal woo, um, leprechauns, fairies, unicorns, um, energies, karma, reiki, chiropractic. All fake, all no evidence to indicate them. Um, and the way we can do this is because they don't make novel predictions. We need to make novel predictions about the future and confirm them in novel, testable, confirm them in peer-reviewed uh, studies in order to show that they're real. Demons have not done that, just like fairies and leprechauns have not done that and failed every time. Um, the reason people believe in exorcisms is the same reason people believe that um, magic, a, a rabbit's foot gives you luck or putting a horseshoe above your house entrance gives you luck. Or painting blood on your door protects you from evil spirits. It's because of psychological fi- psychological features in the human brain, fallacies, biases, illusions, delusions, misconceptions, um, weighted biases in the brain that cause you to believe certain things work, even though they did nothing, simply because you are priming your brain to believe them because you already have the belief and you want it to be true. And so if it happens to have a positive impact, even though it's the exact same percent chance of it happening um, as random chance, then you'll believe it because it you like it, not because the evidence actually indicates it. And you'll believe it has evidence, even though it's the same as random chance. So there's no evidence of demons, just like there's no evidence of Reiki healings or chiropractic working. All right. Well, thank you so much, T-Jump, for your opening statement. Uh, We will put it into an open floor discussion. Just going to remind everybody uh, in the live chat, we will be doing a QA and a at the end of this. So if you have questions for either of our speakers, get them in now so they'll be asked nice and early. Uh, With that, I'll kick it over to you, Justice, to uh, respond to some of what you just heard. All right. So first of all, I'm really glad that, or interested that uh, T-Jump brought up chiropractory because this is one of the go-to things that the lovely supporters of science uh like to or the so-called supporters of science like to go to um i just challenge you know the thousand whatever how many viewers ten thousand viewers that will view this debate on youtube uh among you who have gone to chiropractors and gotten some real serious help from them uh to attest to the contrary uh chiropractory actually does work and like exorcisms um it is something that uh, can be attested to by the experience of those who have um gone through gone through the experience but my direct question to t-jump would be what is your uh standard of evidence it was interesting that i listened to a debate um recently testable predictions with uh okay so so the question for me then is, uh, I listened to a debate recently with Matt Dillhoney where he said that if they found a wooden boat on Mount, Mount Ararat, doesn't that was is bad at epistemology. I don't want to hear what Matt Dillahunty had to say. It's not. It was not interesting. So if you, 
All right. So if you found a wooden boat on Mount Ararat that was dated back back to 6,000 years ago, would that be decent evidence that there was such a thing as Noah's Ark and that there was such a thing as a global flood? Maybe. I don't really know much about the story. So like if the Bible predicted that there would be a boat of a particular size and shape on this mountain that dated to whatever year or whatever, and that was confirmed and found later, then yes, that would be good evidence. So if we make a prediction that such things like how spirits exist and they have particular sorts of phenomena associated with them and that after doing an exorcism that these phenomena would then go away and provide relief to the people that are suffering from the phenomena isn't that a predictable testable predictable theory that can then be verified only if it's novel so only if it's things we don't already explain by like every other means Right. So if a house cleaner like myself, uh, who's aware of things like depression, things like uh, post, uh, like people dealing with grief, things like gas leaks, things like um, carbon monoxide. If it solves gas leaks, yeah, exorcism solving gas leaks. Great evidence. I love it. No, no, no. We are excluding those, T-Jump. Pay attention. Don't type on your phone. Listen. We no, are I'm going to type on my phone as much as I want. I don't need to listen to you. I can already debunk I, you. Sure, of course. But you were listing these things <laughs> because why? Because you said if we can exclude other uh, things that we can explain. And so I'm saying, right. yes, of no, no, course. No, I said any, novel, novel, novel any normal. So what I was saying was you need right. to provide novel. So by novel, what you, by novel, what do you mean? New. Novel means new. It just means things that aren't already explained by everything else. So like if right. you're so saying that there are certain the phenomena like dish, no, no, that part's irrelevant. That part's totally relevant. So novel predictions means you need to predict a phenomenon that isn't already explained by other things. So like if we know plates falling over, already know who does that, the wind can do that just fine. If we know about gas leaks, gas leaks are caused by pipes. If we know poisoning, poisoning is caused by lead poisoning or the water. Um, or if it's a psychological phenomenon like depression, which can be solved by psychosemantic kinds of induction talking about ideas, crystals, um, chiropractic, for example, placebo effect does absolutely nothing to benefit the Bobby, but makes people feel good because they're being touched and having lots of interactive oxytocin release from being with the doctor. But literally we can do the MRI say, yep, completely failed, did nothing. Um, these kinds of things were the phenomenon in the case of chiropractic where people feel better, but literally nothing changed about their body because we know oxytocin was released just like the woo religious healers who are uh, say they can grow people's legs back or make them see or make them hear. It's all fake. We can prove it's fake. We can do the examinations of their body and show nothing changed, but they had a giant release of oxytocin and dopamine, which caused them to feel like something changed because of priming. So that's already fully explained. So it has to be something we don't already explain. So you like, if you can levitate a chair, that'd be great. If you could, um, I don't know, kill somebody that'd be great great evidence start killing people with ghosts and stuff phenomenal evidence um <coughs> sure sure yeah so the question that i would have is you know what is the uh explanation for for instance someone being healed from hepatitis a or hepatitis b or aids or impotency um after after prayer for instance all happen. things that i've experienced um you, you're wrong no you're i've wrong. it's called a delusion i have would be personally the delusion um no it's you know people that i have per- personally prayed for and seen these exact healings like aids hepatitis a hepatitis b 
Um, that's a little bit off the topic. We're talking about demons. So to come back to the <laughs> the, the topic um, is, you know, if we see that someone is dealing with a entity in their home that is causing uh, a lot of oppression, a lot of of uh, yeah, opp demonic oppression, and then we can exclude things like of course, gas leaks, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, depression, and still we have the phenomena. Uh, and then we say, okay, our prediction is that this is demonic. Our prediction is that we will go and do the uh, exorcism. And then that relieves the problem. The issue goes away. Isn't that a prediction that is verifiable? It's not novel. So it's I can predict and verify that the sun will rise tomorrow. That's the novel part is the key fact. So uh, diseases have a spontaneous remission rate. Um, pretty much all diseases, even HIV, has several cases of spontaneous remission where it just can't reproduce in the body. And so it's been cured of a person. There's a guy in Australia that happened to. So what you need to show is that you can implement this and have the results be higher than that of random chance of what happens everywhere else in the world for people who don't undergo your your methodology of whatever you're doing. So again, I was not here to uh, defend the, you know, faith healing claims. Um, I have my own, you know, theology of that. However, I was just saying that in my own personal experience, what do you think the chances of, are of someone praying for someone with hepatitis A, another person with hepatitis B, another person with AIDS, another person with impotency, another person with um, uh, various diseases uh, and seeing those things um you know healed and what is the chance of all of those happening with one person uh, i think it's pretty extremely high pretty um, low we see that we see that happen all the time with people who are deluded people who are deluded and believe in religious faith healings will pray over people and believe they are healed they're wrong they they're wrong objectively but they believe they're mm -hmm. healed um in many cases the person no, I'm never not had talking the disease. about i'm not talking about yeah, I'm not talking no, 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 about. Wait, wait, just belief. let me finish. Let me finish. So yeah, you are wrong. You are wrong in every one of those cases. You are deluded. You were mis. You were misconceived. It didn't happen. Um, but there are some cases where it does happen. Very rarely, spontaneous remission does occur. But mostly, you're wrong. There are lots of people who claim right. to have the exact same experiences you do. They're wrong. These happen many, many times, millions of times all over the world. It's fully explained. It's a well-known phenomenon. What you would need is to take those experiences and to actually have qualified medical doctors who are not well, who are like well-known people who know how to publish papers, not your personal doctor, not people in your community, actual published Stanford Princeton professors do an analysis that is publicly peer reviewable. It can be confirmed by other doctors and other doctors can do the tests show that this person has a disease or whatever, whatever phenomenon in particular you want to talk about. And then you do your methodology of whatever it is, the exorcism or whatever. And sh then they go back and show it's healed. And you have to do this about a hundred to a thousand times. And then we can show that if you're, and then we have to have a control group. There's a control group that we don't do the the experiment to. We don't do the exorcism. They have all the same symptoms, all the same diseases or problems or whatever. We don't do exorcisms to them. We do do exorcisms to your group. And your group will have to have a higher number of people who are cured or whatever symptoms relieved you're trying to argue for. And if your group has a higher number 
of cured people than the control group, then you have evidence. We've done this study many, because, many times. I mean, again, and because we did not, uh, yeah, because we did not, uh, I wasn't preparing for a, you know, healing debate. If if healing actually occurs, I apologize. Prayer. So I'm using healing because it's easier for me to understand what healing is than what an exorcism is, and so I'm replacing the healing sure. example just yeah. for the exorcism. But it, the same thing I'm saying is that. You know, I'm totally willing to to defend that. There are studies that have been done that have actually shown that faith healing does work, that prayer does have an effect. However, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be defending that today because I'm not prepared for that. Um, I would simply say to, to the audience that um, in my own personal experience, not, you know, I know a guy. <laughs> We've had situations, Literally no uh, multiple there. situations where absolutely a difference, where we yes. had a uh diagnosis from a doctor russia is not a third world country we actually have you know decent medicine here uh, where you have hepatitis a hepatitis b <laughs> um aids and then after prayer we go back and get the tests done again and the person is is healed um you would disagree that russia has decent medicine i would i would um that, that was more like of a joke it's not not relevant to the debate so again you need to give me look a at Princeton the infant mortality professor. comparison with the united states and <laughs> yeah america is also... even more garbage 100 percent agree with you on that one <laughs> but you need to give me a princeton stanford professor to actually verifiably publish a paper go do the studies publish this in a paper on a number, a group of people, more than one. You need like a hundred people you're doing the exorcism for, and a hundred people All right. and who have a demon can... you're not doing the exorcism for. And then you need to mm -hmm. show that your exorcisms have a higher rate of curing whatever ailments or effects in the house or whatever, yeah. greater like than the non you... the control group. You need to do this. This is would this like is the only thing that qualifies you... as evidence. Would like to refer you and the audience to the studies done by Dr. Richard Gallagher, um, which he published in his book for popular consumption called Demonic Foes. But he also has scientific papers done on the su subject um, differentiating between demonic possession and um, psychological oppression and other known psychological phenomena. So that work, to a degree, has been done. Um, it has not been like used to refer you to. Um, <laughs> that's uh, he is debunked so yes. he is 100 debunked you know he did not perform a con he did not have a control group he did not show any actual data it was not peer reviewable there is nothing in his work that is in any way verifiable scientifically there are no peer review papers he's presented he's complete debunked it's just what he is doing is the exact same thing that a crack does when they publish a book and say, I look at all my cool findings that aren't peer reviewed and you can't check them. Great. That's not a peer reviewed paper. Give me a peer reviewed paper mm -hmm. that we can test and repeat with real professors that are not quacks. And every time this tried failed hundred percent failure rate for all, all prayer healing, all mystical forces have always failed this test at a hundred percent rate of failure. Yeah. I would refer the audience to Dr. Richard Gallagher's book um, and to judge for yourself if it's all quackery or if it's actually has some foundation in, in reality. So um, I would refer the audience to the consensus I, I guess... in the wait, wait I, would, I would refer the audience to the consensus in the experts of every single academic field related to the topic that completely mm -hmm. say it's a joke. Right, and they can just check that there. on their own. Yep. 
Uh, so, so that is, of course, you know, the, the, the surprise <laughs> here, and this is something that I always find interesting talking with, you know, strict materialists, um, is that the, the surprising thing that something that we're claiming as a supernatural phenomena, um, is not explainable or, you know, uh, subjectable to a scientific method or the scientific process is, is not surprising in a worldview where you understand that there are things we call supernatural forces the well, very i, I didn't understand that of a supernatural i'm not quite sure what you were saying the very there, concept so like... of a supernatural force means that it is outside of nature and so the the idea that we would be able to subject it to um a natural uh, system of inquiry like we can gravity or electromagnetism or anything well, that's just a stupid argument. The other so natural like, force. That's, is a, this is, is an a little excuse. bit absurd. This is an excuse that quacks use that is completely irrelevant. Science doesn't care if things are natural or supernatural or ubernatural or spiritual. We don't care. The same method works for literally anything. Spiritual, non-spiritual, supernatural, magic pixie, farting dust. We don't care. It works for literally anything at literally every level in the universe, out of the universe, magic levels physics levels particles natural non-natural doesn't make a difference this method works for literally everything you need to differentiate imagination from reality the way you do that is you say here is an object i believe it exists doesn't matter if it's a ghost or a spirit or a reiki crystal and you say this thing will have an effect in the world it has an effect in the world and if we change it in some way It'll have a different effect, independent and dependent variables. So you have an independent variable, you have a dependent variable. If it changes at a rate higher than chance, you have evidence. It's very simple. It makes no difference whether the thing is spiritual or non-spiritual. This is an excuse quacks use. They can't provide no, evidence. And I would agree. And I would agree with you that it is important in the world to differentiate between reality and imagination. I would totally uh, support that, of course. Um, and in your original statement of what is evidence you said that it has to make you know novel predictions and and yeah. when we say that we are making novel predictions with saying that these uh, demonic entities are giving these particular kinds of phenomena and that we can predict that by doing an exorcism we can relieve the suffering of those who are suffering or get rid of the phenomena, the physical phenomena that are being presented, that would fit into your definition of evidence. Especially no, that's the part if, where when, I think when we missing. say that it's that it's novel, that no, we're this, this is the part we, hold up. I think this is the other part things that can uh, that's not it. a part that's it. literally not what novel means, has nothing to do with excluding other things. Literally not what novel means. So the, the point of novel is that it has to be something we don't already know. We don't already see. If you predict the sun's going to rise tomorrow and say the sun will rise tomorrow, therefore the flying spaghetti monster exists. Do you think that's good evidence of the flying spaghetti monster? Of course not. Why? Because, because we have an explanation for why the sun uh, rises. It's not well, a novel prediction. Forget that. Say we didn't. Say we just, we've seen it happen a billion times, right? Every day the sun rises. Somebody predicting the sun will rise tomorrow is like, great, good job. We can all predict that because we've seen it a million times. Your made up hypothesis doesn't tell us sure, anything because, of, because we've already seen because it. Right? Of the, because, of the, because of the intervention, because we can make an intervention, we can have a dependent independent variable. I mean, I understand that. That's, well, forget that's all that. We, we've seen it before. Predicting something we've already seen a million times isn't evidence. We don't care. We don't. If you predict the sun will rise tomorrow, no one cares. This is the problem. If you predict you have this special methodology that will heal people or that will 
ex exercise demons or something. And then this will have some kind of oh, here's, psychological yeah, here, effect. Yeah, here's, here's, one second, one second. Here's, here's my, the important part. Here's yeah, the important no, part. No, no, no. Here's my <laughs> prediction. Here's my prediction. Um, someone comes to me and says, we have something that we think is unexplainable. Uh, it's supernatural. Uh, it is a uh, thing that's causing us terror, fear, uh, oppression, whatever. We go in and say, okay, is it carbon monoxide? Is it gas leak? Is it uh death death or relative i don't know so that, that part's that part's is a it, flaw in your methodology that part literally is irrelevant we don't care about the exclusion we, principles it, we don't care but so here's the point of that course uh, anyone who's doing literally don't stop a scientific approach to anything stop stop just one second there exclude you did just finish your last point so you never exclude you never exclude that's not a part of science it's a quack methodology that's irrelevant to science so here's the here's the important part we have seen so you, you make a prediction, you say somebody's having a negative side effect in their house or, or psychologically or whatever. I'm going to do an exorcism and they're going to be cured of this psychological effect or phenomenon or whatever. And we see this happen a million times. We see it happen for Reiki. We see it happen for religious healings. We see it happen for leprechaun exorcisms. We see it happen for unicorns. We see it happen for demons. We see it happen for the evil juju down at the bottom of the sea. We see this happen in every society all over the world, every faith healing, every church who does the weird little, I'm going to extend your foot and make you see and make you hear when you couldn't hear because you're deaf. We've seen this a million times. Every time it's been investigated, oh, that's a known delusion, hallucination, human misconception, fallacy, bias, every single time. This is the sun rising tomorrow. You have your personal experiences, and because your brain is extremely biased to selectively pick the ones that make you feel good about your ideology, you're going to find things that fit, that make you believe your hypothesis is true. It's called confirmation bias. You find the ones that hit, that hit, that hit and ignore the misses. So in order to filter that out, in order for it to be real evidence, in order for it to be novel, you need to have a control group. You need to have an experiment group. You need to have a published paper that shows you can have a control group and do this multiple times. hundred people do the exorcism, Something is changed in a positive way at a higher rate than the control group. You need to publish this paper and we need to be able to repeat it. We need to have people in Princeton and Stanford and, and Georgia Tech do the experiment, have the I, same result, we do have to independent of you. It. Don't interrupt me. No, this, this is important. <laughs> so this is the key here. You need to be so, able um, to do this. I will, you know, <laughs> take the cue from the moderator. The the interesting thing here is that, you know, you will exclude anything that doesn't fit your particular, you know, this particular scientific paradigm. And again, I as I said before, I, nothing. I can make I can make a novel prediction that people who are suffering from demonic uh, oppression that we can identify as demonic oppression will receive a freeing from that oppression by um an exorcism and that that's is not a prediction that is not novel it I, is I just literally novel. explained this to you no it's not i, I understand what you. you said pay attention I literally no, understand didn't. no the you didn't words that come out of your mouth no you didn't and you i literally didn't. understand how you like to interrupt people and over talk people because you and literally so just lied that's, you lied about I, what i said no okay i didn't lie did about understanding okay i'm just gonna i don't want to put you guys interesting on thing, he's wasting my time oh, hold on a second he's wasting okay, so my time the, let's let the interesting if he's, thing, if he's accusing you've mis 
you know, misrepresenting, we'll let him clarify just right quick so that we do have that clarity and then we'll try this one more time. Uh, so, as I said, novel, something you. we have not seen before, something we have seen before, quacks saying they will have some cure all for somebody and seeing a positive result. That's the sun rising. That is not novel. There is no case where you can have your personal experience or your personal anecdotes ever be novel. They can never be novel. They will never qualify as novel. What novel means is you need to do a peer-reviewed study. Give me a hundred people who or two hundred people who are affected by the, the the demons or whatever. Do your exorcism on a hundred. Don't do it on a different hundred. Have peer review from Stanford and Princeton be able to confirm do the same test and confirm that your methodology works. If you can do that, it's novel. Your personal experience is never novel. Ever. Nothing you say is novel because literally millions of people around the world have done the exact same thing for Reiki, right. for leprechauns, for demons, for spirits, for We've ghosts. Heard this before. This is Dijon, not novel. Thanks. Good. So you've so, done your, so, wait, wait, you've wait, done so, your so little here's... list. No, 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 no. Again, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, What have you lied about? You need to stop and let you lied about. Because you said this. I did not Stop talking. Ten seconds. Stop talking. What you lied about was when you said it's novel. Here's your quack experience. And I literally said quack experience doesn't count as novel because millions of people in the world have all had the same quack experience. To be novel, you need novel predictions with a peer-reviewed study. Control group. Right. So I want to give you a chance to respond to that uh, uninterrupted for a minute. Uh, so go ahead there, Justice. Or at least a minute. All right. <laughs> so you've heard, you everyone's heard T-Jump's little tirade. Um, I did not say anything that he was lying or that I lied about his position in any, in any way. To disagree with your opponent is not the same thing as to say that he is is to lie about his position. Now you've heard it from T-Jump, everyone in the chat, everyone who's viewing this debate, that T-Jump does not believe that any of you can have a novel experience, that your experience of life no, that's is a lie. I never completely unnovel. Also, T-Jump likes to derail these debates by going into ad hominems and claiming that people lie. I'm not lying um, about you, what you lied when you said you I, understood I, my right. words. That was the lie. Right. We, That's we'll why I had to back and forth. So I never said you but. lied about my position. You lied when you said you understood my words. So I was correct. Right. No, I understand what you said. And I have to disagree. Not. That is not a lie. That is simply a disagreement. Now, T. Jump has said that, you know, if I don't have uh, evidence that is up to his level standards of uh, investigation or whatever is that if I don't have these peer-reviewed papers, if I don't have Princeton or somebody's particular thing, uh, that that's so that's it. There's no evidence for anything. Um, and then I'm wasting his time. I would not want to waste his time. So if we want to, you know, jump into the Q and a, that's fine. Um, because I don't have, uh, peer-reviewed papers. What I have is my own experiences and the experiences of the people that have been helped, um, and also the experiences of many other exorcists who I know we can talk about those. But again, with this particular opponent, that would be um, unprofitable. So, you right. know, up to the I'll moderator to, prerogative. So what I'll do is I'm going to throw out a prompt here and uh, see if I can get you guys to uh, maybe vamp on this. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite done yet. So uh, um, sure, if you want to take point... a chance to respond, but yeah, I do think it would maybe be uh... fruitful to move into a new uh, topic after we wrap this one up. So Justice was partially right there when he said that we require 
peer review. Yeah, you, you have to be able to have Stanford and Princeton review it. They them specifically don't you don't have to specifically get Stanford to review it, but peer review the way it works is you pres present That's paper. Magnanimous of you. All right, we gotta let speak. You. So so <laughs> you. you have to present a paper that people can peer review, like Stanford, like Princeton. And then you have to have someone who's actually qualified in the field do the peer review not quacks the reason that your personal experience i didn't say all personal experience doesn't count that's that's not true um personal experience doesn't count if it's not novel everything justice just mentioned his personal experience the personal experience of the people he's helped and the personal experience of the exorcists he knows none of that is novel that's the exact same thing all quacks have water dousing quacks have that chiropractic quacks have that uh flat earther quacks have that all quacks have those things that's like saying oh look the sun rises tomorrow therefore my theory is right everybody on the planet has that data point everybody can use that to predict something they can say the sun will rise tomorrow therefore magic farting pixie leprechauns is that evidence of magic pixie leprechauns no because that data point you're using is the exact same for everybody else and everybody else has it which means it's not novel if you present something that everyone else has and it's been proven to be garbage for everybody else you claiming to have it now is also garbage in order to show that what you have is somehow significantly different than the dowsers or the reiki healers or the chiropractors or the voodoo witch doctors who all have personal experience and personal experience of people held and personal experience of co-conspirators or co-practicers -co or whatever is to do a peer-reviewed study that we can verify at Stanford. That's what we need. You, your personal experience, you're right. It's completely a waste of time. Your friend's personal experience, complete waste of time. Other exercise personal experience, complete waste of time. We don't care. The reason we don't accept those in scientific papers is because it's the same garbage that has been presented for everywhere in the world, for every silly idea everywhere in the world that's been debunked. So you need to go up your game. If you want people to take you seriously, you need to take those personal experiences, do a peer reviewed study, Present a methodology other people can replicate in Stanford, have them do it, then you got your evidence. Again, what you've just heard is TJ going through a litany of uh, circumstances or a litany of experiences that people have had that he says that he claims he's debunked or have been debunked, but I would say are actually evidence of the opposite. So if you have uh, people who who can confirm that they have had uh, these experiences and that the prediction is that doing an exorcism of their property of themselves gives relief. I would submit that that is at least tangential evidence of, uh, of the demonic. And the fact that we have so many of these experiences is exactly um, part of the, the body of evidence. So I would, for my response would be, we have tens of thousands of testably confirmed novel predictions that prove humans have fallacies, biases, illusions, delusions, misconceptions, hallucinations that explain literally everything in his body of evidence and everything in the Reiki body of evidence, everything in the chiropractic body of evidence and everything in the flat earth body of evidence. We know they don't work. We've, these are proven things that have already passed peer review and have been confirmed a million times everywhere in the world. We know here's how the human brain fails consistently. And he's saying 
Well, the fact that the human brain fails consistently, we're just going to use those failures as evidence. Well, that is a waste of everyone's time. That's why science does not take quack seriously because you're using the things that we know don't work as the whole foundation of your ideology. If you take your ideology seriously, you should stop using the things we know are broken and start using the things we know actually work. Except for the, the, the difference is I do know the things that work. So that's exactly what I'm saying is that we, I personally, not someone, not my friend, not my friend's friend, not, not something me personally use a methodology that does work. And that is, that is exactly what I'm saying. Um, There is one point of agreement that we have in your previous litany of, of quackery is that I do agree with you that the flat earth (laughs) people are kind of crazy. But um, <laughs> we can agree on that. Sure. But so what? Uh, going back to. Uh, well, I did. The, I did the... want to pick up on that thing you said where you use you said you use a methodology that, you know, works. The problem yes. with that is the the point of the debate is, does your method work? That's the thing we're trying to figure out. So you just saying, you know, it works. You don't know what we're trying to what we're trying to figure out is we're saying. The, the point that it made is, isn't, does Justice Walker's method of exorcism work? That's not what the debate is about. The debate was, is there evidence of the demonic? And I say there's historic uh, evidence. I say there is evidence from other exorcists. Because, who because your methodology works, today. right? Right. That's the evidence. And I, and I say that my own method works. Of course, of course, I can't prove to you here uh, other than just me saying it Wait, there's, an important, there's an important like, point here there's an important point know. here that i wanted to, to go down so your evidence one of your evidences was that you have this Could method that can ticket. relieve symptoms which is like so there's demons or whatever and you have a method of exorcism and that relieves symptoms and that's evidence right yes and so so part of the topic of the debate is does your method work that's one of the one of the things that we don't know that's one of the unknowns that's one of the dependent variables and so when we, we need to use an independent sure. variable, and there the is no pure princeton paper that Correct. says that justice walker's methodology works so Correct. i and so that's, so that's the, you know, that, that's, that that's is the my circuit. own that's why i said in my opening statement that's an anecdotal uh evidence Correct. it is wait, my wait, own wait, personal wait, anecdote it's my personal that's, experience that's, but it is, an ex, it is an experience that's why when you said the sentence um, when I said the sentence, we need a methodology that works, and you responded, well, I have a methodology that works, it's my own, that's circular reasoning. That's why we need to use an external source to verify your method, which is the peer review, control group, test sure. group, I would permits. Yeah. And you could do this. You, like, you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need me, you don't need Princeton to do this. You can publish a paper to do this. You can just get 200 people with demonic possessions that you've confirmed, get them all with your friends, you don't need to do it yourself. Do the exorcism on a hundred. Don't do it on a different hundred. Record the results. Provide a method that other people can repeat this experiment. So like Princeton can do the exorcisms on the hundred and not on another hundred and get results. That's all you need. And you have real evidence of the demonic and you win a million dollars from the, the James Randi Foundation. Just do the actual thing. The method that is verifiably succeeded for thousands of years that have been proven through the scientific method. Use that to show that this is real. Win a million dollars. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> Please, so any, I, I will concede case, the debate um, if you do. If you do, I would like you win. Demons are real. I would love that. Give me magic. That would be awesome. 
When you win, I will concede the debate. <laughs> All right. Uh, does that have to be that's you know Moscow State University work for you, or does that have to be? Yeah, Princeton? probably. I, I don't really record. know. I don't really know about like what what are qualified <laughs> or not, but yeah. So like, if you put it published in a peer reviewed journal, it'll be repeated in multiple countries and multiple cities. All it just has to be peer reviewable and by accredited universities. So yeah, if you can publish it in in All Moscow right. University, so if I could fine. produce, if I could, if I could give you a paper from the Moscow State University where they studied five hundred uh, examples of demonic possession, and they came to the conclusion that the phenomena that they were observing was not oh. uh, at all explainable by psychological uh, situations that they did study exorcisms and that they came to the conclusion that exorcisms worked, you would accept that. Well, so you just prove that they're quacks. So anytime somebody says it can't be explained by psychological phenomenon, they're a quack. That 100% proves you're a quack. In science, there's this thing called the problem of underdetermination. It's a fact of philosophy, a fact of science. Every data point can be explained by infinitely many hypotheses, always and forever. You can never exclude, ex use exclusionary things to say it can't be that. You can never do that. Anybody who does that is a quack. They don't know science. And so if, you're met, if your school does that, they're quacks, they're not real, and you need to find a real university. All right, so you've heard it here, people. Moscow State University, not a real university. No, no, no. If <laughs> the taking into signing, consideration, taking taking into consideration the current environment uh, in the in the West, I would imagine that that would be a predictable. Not, no, no, no. Not I didn't say anything. Novel, I didn't but, say anything but, about but, Moscow. Uh, I said in your paper, predictable phenomena. <laughs> if your paper specifically says they excluded it can't be psychological phenomenon, um, then they're quacks. Now, I, I doubt it says that in any paper, because anyone who's actually an accredited university won't say that. They'll try to mitigate with probabilities or whatever, but they will never say that. That's not a thing. That's only a thing quacks say. Only quacks try to exclude, it can't be this. Only quacks. So if I, either they didn't say that and you misrepresented the paper, or they did say that and they're quacks. Those are the two possibilities. Yeah, possibly. I don't understand the, the methodology. I'd, I'd have to say that. Um, but the, uh, the I did re read the paper in Russian, and the paper does uh, say that they did exclude um, psychological factors. So if that's a sign of quackery, there you go. Um, you heard it here. Modern day debate. Correct. If, <laughs> if they if they think they can exclude psychological factors, they're quacks. Uh, the laws of physics are not governed by immaterial things like the laws of logic. Laws of logic one, they are immaterial things. They're abstract objects. They don't govern anything. They describe oh, the way reality works. <laughs> I'm heck muted and the audience is coming at me. Sorry guys, you didn't hear the question. So they're gonna they're gonna come at me and be like, what what would uh what would a debate be if I didn't mute myself at least once? It's it's OBS, uh, I'll tell you. This is the second time, remember, because you were muted at the beginning and they just didn't know it. Oh yeah, that's right. That is true. Uh they didn't know that. Uh Angel Quiles says for five dollars. If the material world is governed by immaterial things, such as the laws of logic, could you then grant there are immaterial entities beyond that? So uh, the universe is not governed by the laws of logic. The laws of logic describe the way nature works. Nature is governed by the laws of physics, and the laws of logic simply describe the laws of physics. So if there is some magic laws of magic logic that magically govern things, sure, that would, that would be great evidence. There isn't any. Logic and math are human-constructed languages. It's the very first sentence in the Stafford Encyclopedia of Philosophy on Classical Logic. Logic and math are formal languages. It combines a something-something system of language, blah, 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 semantics and something. But, so... 
to answer his question, if those magic governing laws existed, that would be great evidence. They don't. Laws of logic don't govern anything they describe. Yeah. I would uh, just respond to that in that uh, I would agree, again, with, with T-Jump on this. Math and logic are descriptive of the universe, not 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 that they govern the universe in a, in a way. However, uh, the Christian Bible does say that first the spiritual, then the physical, and the spiritual does uh, have an influence on the physical because it did precede it. So that would be my quick response. All right. Did you have anything to say in response there, T-Jump, to uh, keep it going, or did you want to move on to the next one? Magic potatoes pre-existed before the universe, therefore magic potatoes govern the universe. All right. I'll make sure I keep my hand on my preamp button here, everybody. I won't put myself on mute again so I don't get in trouble. See, uh, the real thing was I got a text from my wife saying, uh, did you uh, take your drink out of the freezer? And I was like, oh, oh no. Anyways, <laughs> you all know what that can turn into, right? All right, 60 Second Skeptic says, what's a demon physically made of? Because if demons themselves have no physical properties, how do we differentiate it from imagination and placebo? Yeah, that... Demons have, as the as the Bible says, uh, Paul says in Corinthians that there are different matters of different things. So humans have one um, set of things that they're made of. Human bodies, angelic bodies, or demonic bodies have another set of things that they're made of. We, by definition, say that a demon or an angel is a supernatural entity. Therefore, that is above nature or not not having a natural uh, body. Uh, so you could imagine it as a parallel universe or however you want that can can at times interact with ours um, but it is they're not made of material substance so it would be um a, a different substance a spiritual a spiritual substance any thoughts over there uh t-jump uh, about what you just heard or you want to move on <laughs> well so the question was what physical material are demons made of they're not made of physical material it would be a contradiction if he was saying they're made of physical material that'd be great evidence but they're not secondly how would a non a thing non-made of physical material interact with the universe well there's lots of ways it could interact with the universe and it could be and the third question was how could we test it you could test it by making novel predictions so there could be a non-physical spiritual demon who could interact with the universe and we could test it by making novel predictions like if there's a demon and i uh I pray to the demon and the demon will shave off all of the hair from uh, James's head. And then James comes off bald on camera. That would be phenomenal evidence, even though we couldn't physically test for the demon. You're muted. No, it's okay. I was just uh, trying to uh, alert the masses to close that bathroom door. It's just making a racket. So anyway, Space Miner, does a peer review require, uh, does a peer review require that the peer uh, whom reviews have a peer review of their peer review to be considered a proper peer review. Uh, the peer review is just an opening the door for other people to be able to test it. So peer review is making a methodology and a paper that other people can reproduce like Princeton or Stanford. The fact that Princeton or Stanford particularly reviews, it doesn't make a difference. It's irrelevant. The point is that you published a paper that can then be replicated by other people all over the world. Any thoughts over there, Justice? I, you know, the, the whole concept of peer review is simply to check with your peers, like in the area of physics or in the area of chemistry, that you're actually doing the work and you're presenting your data so that it can give duplicatable results. And I would say that, you know, if I did a peer review paper and my peers 
other exorcists reviewed it, I think they would say that, yeah, they can get the same results. That's not peer review. Peer review is that literally anybody anywhere in the world who disagrees with you can get with the same results. The people who agree with you, is that's just, again, quacks doing quack stuff. What we need is people who disagree with you. The, re- the way science works is yeah. if a scientist publishes a paper and the, everyone else hates him, all of the other scientists hate him and want to prove him wrong, want to prove them right, but they get the same results and they don't like it, well, that's peer review. Peer review is not people yeah. you agree with getting the same results. No, people in the same field, T-Jump. You know, you don't get um, <clears throat> medical doctors peer reviewing uh, astrophysicist papers because you have you to do. have the same language. You have to have the understanding of fundamentals. So peer means that your peers in your field who no, may disagree with is, you, that is but not they, how it they works. No. actually so like, is how the reason the, the paper is published is so anybody can replicate the data. Sure. Peer review and, is yeah. the confirmations are going to be people who are experts who can confirm it correctly. But what you need is to show that anybody who's an expert in science can confirm it who isn't one of the quack people. If one of the yeah, non quack people not, can confirm except it, for we're quack. dealing with a we're dealing with a non this is a, not a strictly scientific question. We're dealing with a question that is by definition non-scientific. What does that even mean? So the scientific question is, is it real or imaginary? That's all that scientific question means. Is it real or imaginary? So if you're not asking that question, then you're just admitting it's imaginary. No, the scientific question is, is this thing real in the sense of having a material explanation? No, literally no. Science does not say that at all. Again, that's a quack statement that only quacks say. Scientists say, is it real or imaginary? That's all we care about. If you want to posit a supernatural being that has no physical explanation, we can test it the exact same way. Science does not care. Only quacks say science is limited to the material realm. No response there? Or did you want to carry on, Justice? Yeah, we can just we just go on. All that's right. Fine. All right, let's have uh, our next one. Elusive Viper, uh, glad you made it out to the debate. Uh, It was nice hanging out with you uh, on stream the other day. (laughs) How can justice demonstrate that exorcisms are banishing demons, not pixies, or interfering with Professor X's mind control? I'm, I'm, you know, technically I couldn't, uh, I could not demonstrate that. I mean, it could be pixies or leprechauns or Professor X's mind control. Um, Although... Because, you know, my particular worldview says that these particular phenomena align with what we believe in or we believe are uh, demonic entities uh, that would that aligns with my if if, you know, I was a Mohammedan exorcist, I would say it would probably be jinns because that would seem to align with that uh, descriptive language that they're using. Um, so you can use different descriptors. Um, I particularly believe that the biblical account of what demons are and and their phenomenology is is better, has more predictive power. Um, and the ancients agreed that too. One of the reasons why ancient Christianity uh, gained very, uh, widespread acceptance in the Roman uh, times was because of their success, uh, higher success rate with exorcism than the pagans. So, I mean, that's simply, <laughs> it's just about having a better um, predictive power. All right. You must have some thoughts over there, T-Jump, uh, a little reaction. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think about? Um, the quacks in the Christian religion claims to have more successful quackery than the quacks in the the pagan religions therefore the the quackery was more successful in the christian religion 
Any response there, Justice, or I just want to carry on? No, I just, uh, you know, insults aren't arguments. All right. Bitter truth. Uh, psychoanalysis has evolved a concept of depression that deals with ideas about uh, introjects rather than conceiving them as concrete toxins or demons. Justice, do you agree? I have no idea about introjects, so I wouldn't be able to uh, to comment on that. All right. Uh, did <laughs> did you have any context you might be able to add to this uh, T-Jump to uh, maybe make something out of Bitter Truth's uh, super chat? He did send in a $10 super chat, so I do want to honor Bitter Truth. So he said psychoanalysis has evolved a concept of depression that deals with ideas about interjects rather than conceiving of them as concrete toxins or demons so, oh, so i think he's saying that um prior to psychology there were many things that were thought to be like people who were epileptic or people who had adhd were thought to have be possessed by demons the field of psychology and neurology have replaced those and say no these are not demons these are actual physical phenomena in the brain replacing the the demon idea and now it's treated with medicine not with uh, quackery and I think he's implying that because many of these things were falsely attributed to demons that pretty much anything we attribute to demons is pretty much falsely attributed to demons and is probably just an unknown psychological phenomenon which is a very good argument um, inductively yeah I don't know what the the person who asked the question meant by the question because I, I don't quite understand the question um, if that's what he meant, if he wants to, because of the $10 super chat, if he wants to clarify that that is what he meant, then I can respond to that. But I don't see any point unless, um, unless that's exactly what was meant by it. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if you, uh, in the spirit of debate, if you could, uh, you know, uh, interact with TJ, what TJ just expressed there, but, uh, we can carry on if, uh, if you want to clarify. Yeah. Well, TJ, yeah. Yeah, what T Jump said. I'll just respond to what T Jump said. But if the if the person who asked the original question wants to clarify, that's fine too. But what, what T Jump said is that is why modern exorcists all first go to psychologists, first try to figure out get having a person who says I'm having voices in my head, I'm having oppression, I'm having these uh, malicious things that are happening to me. We say, okay, go get you know uh, scientific help. Go get the help from a psychologist, from a psychotherapist. Go get the help from a doctor. We use what I, we call the Reese Howells principle, which is exhaust all uh, venues, all options of getting help in uh, the mainstream before we say, okay, this is something that is um, that is uh, high, above and beyond uh, that. And, you know, th that could be yeah. quackery. Like T-Jump has said quite a few times, oh, I'm a quacker. No, I, I actually think it's a good principle to use. Um, so people who have, for instance, like Tourette's that was brought to me one time for exorcism, it's like, you know what? Um, no, this, this person needs other help. <laughs> what was the principle called? We call it the Reese Howells principle um, Reese after Howell? Reese Howells intercessor. Reese Howells intercessor. Uh, is that I can't find like the principle name anywhere. Is there like a more common name for it? Something. Uh, that's what that's what we know it by. Okay. Well, yeah. If you want to take a moment to look that up. 
uh, yeah, we can carry on. A bitter truth did confirm in the uh, the live chat there that that T jump was clarifying his correct point there. So it seems like uh, uh, we did get to interact with the question properly, which is nice. Yep. So retro video for five dollars Canadian. Oh, Canada! Hello, my fellow Canadian. If we have two rooms, one empty room with nothing in it, and one room, one with only a demon in it, how do we tell the difference between the two rooms? Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference without the demon interacting phenomenologically with the room. <laughs> well, I think he's asking like how there should be some way it's doing that, right? The demon would do something like if you were there, it would pull your hair or knock over a dish or something. It would, what would it do? This is the question. What would the demon be doing in the room that would no. differentiate the, the, it? the demons in general are looking for bodies. They are disembodied spirits. They're, so they're looking for places to occupy and they're always trying to upgrade their occupation. Um, and the most common way that they do that is through fear, um, through gaining access to people through fear. So, uh, in my experience and experience of other exorcists, the lower grade demons, the demons that are actually very weak are the ones that end up inhabiting homes or houses. Um, it's no good commentary on my own uh, abilities, <laughs> but uh, they will then phenomenologically cause uh, fear through breaking things or making strange noises or causing uh temperature changes so like drastic temperature changes uh causing smells um and that then freak people out get people to look for help um on the dark side of the force <laughs> that then gives uh the demon access to an upgraded dwelling which would be uh, a human body uh, is what they're generally after I didn't fart. It was a demon. <laughs> I was going to say, you say it before I do. That's possibly. exactly what I'm going to uh, tell possibly. my wife you... the next time. Indeed. Yeah. You might have a lot of demons in your house, too. <laughs> when she that's wakes right. up that's all right. of a sudden in the middle of the night, it's like, Ryan, what did you do? Anyway, <laughs> let's carry on. Fact Junior Roll uh, says, whoa, T-Jump hair. He do be styling. Uh, so, Fact Junior Roll. Thank you. Is... Please send me money. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, June rules coming on to you there. So uh, looks like the bad guy, Beth Element. <laughs> behave yourself in the live Beth chat. Element. Hacking the headlines. Thank you for your super chat. Five dollars. Good movie. <laughs> oh man, we Good we, bad hit a, guy. we hit a silly moment, guys. Now we're we're gonna have to try to pull back out into the debate mode, right? All right. So Justice, have you documented any of your healings with film footage, certified medical documents, etc.? If you haven't, why not? Um, not film, like, uh, never, never, uh, never had any film evidence of it because mainly the, the kinds of feelings that I've had aren't ones that would be, that you would see on a film. Um, again, uh, specific, 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 specific ones that I have personally dealt with have been, um, cancer, which T jump will say, oh, remission, um, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, uh, HIV, uh, a case of impotency, uh, a case of sterility, um, and these were all uh, medically documented ahead of time that these people had diagnoses and then afterwards were also um, diagnosed um, medically as having remissed, of course. Um, but that that is the, the evidence of the healing. Any uh, thoughts over there, T-Jump, before we move on? Oh, he was correct. Spontaneous remission is a fully known 
explanation of all of those things. That just happens to happen a lot when you pray for them, people. It does. It's called confirmation bias. It happens a lot when people pray for it and expect it to work and they accept the, the hits and ignore the misses. All right. Well, let's try to carry on. Uh, so uh, Matters Now, that's where we are going to be having our after show, sends in a $2 super chat. And I don't usually talk too much about other platforms that I participate in actually ever uh, beyond the music that I put on Modern Day Debate. But we had a really chill conversation with uh, James Coons, the owner of Modern Day Debate, over on Matters Now. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, if you're kind of curious about where James stands and all the debates that we're having on the platform, you can definitely go check that out at some point. Uh, asks, uh, so I assume uh, Ozian, you're on the Matters Now account, asks, Justice, what was the title of this paper on demons? The uh, the Russian title was about, I have to remember the, remember the exact title, but it was in, in Russian, it was the differentiation between psychological effect and, and demonic possession or something to that effect. Um, I can look it up. Uh, I need to. I can find it for you. I didn't get it prepped uh, for this debate because I assumed that Tijon would not accept um, something that was he couldn't peer review in English, of course. Um, so, which is fair enough. Like, but uh, I, I was just asking that in case of the uh, uh, if he would accept that as a as a peer review thing. So, well, I need to actually do the experiment or peer review it. Reading the paper isn't anything. I have to like do the experiment. Right. The problem with doing the experiment is you actually have to believe, right? So that would be no. one of the prerequisites to the experiment. Um, no, no methodology that actually to reality requires well, yeah, belief. Well, yeah. If if I if I say that if I say that you have to have to do okay. some experiment, say with some chemicals, you have to have this amount of temperature, this amount of time, this amount of stirring, you know, to get this result then you would say, oh, yeah, that's, of course, that's necessary. And if somebody did a different temperature, different amount of stirring, uh, you know, different amount of time, then you would say that's not, the experiment wasn't done correctly. And if I say you have to actually have a thing called faith for this thing to work, then <laughs> that kind of puts you into hard place of doing the experiment. Well, no, the problem with that is it's logical what you said there, that it would be considered one of the dependent variables or the independent variables that's required to do the experiment. Problem is, is that we know that that's one of the fallacies used in every quack methodology. And so using, like I mentioned before, if you're using the same quackery that's been debunked a million times before as quackery, one of which would be requiring faith for anything to happen, then you need to stop using the garbage methodologies and go to the ones that work. The, the, the response that I would give to that is, again, if uh, we have quack doctors mm. that hurt people, does not in any way debunk the fact that real medicine actually works. Sure, but I don't think that is relevant to what I said. So, like, we've proven it's that every exactly methodology, like, correct. millions of people have said you need to believe for it to work. That's a very common thing in quackery. Quackery, it's extremely common argument. And every time we test it fails, 100% fails every time, no matter what. If we have people who believe doing the experiment, we're watching them, fails every time. So we know it's quackery and people say that. And so if you're taking that as a requirement for your method to be verified, uh, and I'll put, I will put the, uh, the name of the study on demonology and the Moscow okay. State University in the debate 
uh, later I'll find it and put, come back and put it under the video. Um, sure. And also I will give you a uh, peer reviewed paper on the effect effic efficacy of prayer for healing, um, which I wasn't prepared for, for this debate because that's not, wasn't the topic, but I'm sure you'll find fault with those. Uh, no, give it to Princeton. I, I don't do have exist. no interest. I've studied enough of those. No, they're bunk and garbage. It's a waste of my time. Give it to Princeton, get them to repeat it. And if they say it works, I'll be like, yep, you're right. You win. All right, our next one coming in from Joshua Woodwin. Thank you so much for your super chat. I thought Putin in Russia makes it public, uh, makes the public do the Russian Orthodox Church. So Putin is not like Xi or Kim Jong, where Christianity is illegal. Yeah, um, Putin's had kind of a, a tolerant to ambiguous relationship with uh, non-Orthodox uh, religions. Um, ever since 2008, 2016, he enacted the anti-missionary laws, 2017, they made Jehovah's Witnesses illegal. So uh, it's not exactly like we have 100% freedom of religion um, in Russia, but uh, most uh, denominations of Christianity and other religions aren't exactly persecuted. They're just frowned upon. Um, so no, you don't have to be a Russian Orthodox. Uh, it, it's just kind of... Uh, better if you were <laughs> you seriously banned jehovah's witnesses yes that is that is hilarious i find that hilarious it's un it's really sad um yes true but they're kind of annoying and this the well <laughs> the reason was because of their anti their anti-establishment anti-government views like they would not allow people to um, work on the uh, to vote or even like hold government positions. Some Jehovah's Witnesses will claim that you can't even work at the post office. Um, also, not allowing to give blood uh, transfusions for children. Uh, kids were dying, um, and so th these are the reasons why the Jehovah's Witnesses oh, that, were banned. Yeah, that last one's actually a pretty good reason. I'm agreed. <laughs> All right, let's carry on from there. Uh, and yeah, Ozian, if you're hanging out and you want to uh, tag for the after show, that would be uh, fantastic of you, buddy. Uh, Joshua Woodwin asks, uh, actually, sorry, that's the second one from Joshua Woodwin. Well, let's pop on up. First super chat from Trevor uh, CA. Thank you so much for your uh, first interaction on the channel here. If non-physical factors are pseudoscience, are you claiming any exotic participants to or precipitants to the Big Bang can also be dismissed? Very sincere. Who's he asking? Very science. Oh my goodness. I was going to say, I might have to get my glasses out for this here. Let me just blow this up. I'm going to read this again, everybody, and not try to butcher it uh, uh, as we so famously sometimes do. If non-physical factors are pseudoscience, are you claiming any exotic pre precipitants to the Big Bang it can also be dismissed? Very We're also science. physical. So like quantum fields are physical. Uh, strings are physical. Like... They're also the things that pre-exist to the Big Bang are also physical. So I don't. I think I imagine what he's implying is saying that any non-physical thing. If I'm saying any non-physical thing is pseudoscience, uh, then non-physical things that are posited before the universe would be pseudoscience. There just aren't any. Like all of the physicists in string theory, all of the physicists in physics are physicalists. They they believe that all that there is is physical things. So strings, uh, quantum fields, all physical. That's all physical stuff before the universe, space and time being emergent from physical stuff. Like, I think he's confusing that the Big Bang being the beginning of all physical, all natural things, which no one in physics says. <clears throat> all right. Any thoughts over there, Justice? Or 
I think, again, that the problem with uh, materialists uh, is the presupposition that all things that we could possibly interact with have a material nature. Um, and that the presupposition that I operate under, and I do admit that it's a presupposition, is that there are non-spiritual or non-physical entities, non-material entities that can interact with the material world, just as the material world can uh, have an effect on the spiritual world. The spiritual world can have an effect on the material world, but they are not um, made of the same substance. So again, that's not a presupposition anybody in science has. It's only quacks who say that scientists have that presupposition because their quackery can't be confirmed. Again, uh, T-Jump likes to throw around the insults, yeah. uh, and that's not an argument. That is a presupposition of science, and it is a presupposition of faith. So literally um, not. It's those are on e equal grounds. So I've proven literally it's not is. by giving methodologies of how to verify the supernatural, which definitively proves it's not a presupposing there's no supernatural. It's like, here's a way we could verify the supernatural. That definitely proves that I'm not excluding the supernatural because I just gave you a way to show it exists. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, any other thoughts or justice, or would you like to move on to the next? Yeah, I'd like to respond real quick to uh, something in the chat. Is that okay? Just real fast? Absolutely. Um, this is something that came up in the other debate, and I should have addressed it in my opening. Um, someone is saying in the chat, why is justice's head shaking? Um, and there are some people who will say, like, oh, he's got a demon, his head is shaking. I have congenital nystagmus, um, which is a issue with my eyesight and so uh because of that my head uh, shakes to stabilize what i see um and so it has nothing to do with um me being insane at least at least that's not evidence of my insanity um or demons uh it's just congenital nystagmus uh, a known a known thing you're just cringing really hard at what i say you disagree so badly you just have to shake no the entire time uh, <laughs> I, I understand. I, I have an uncle that has the same condition. So uh, every time yeah. I'm talking to him, I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, he's so disagreeable. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let's carry on. Joshua Woodwin, does following logic and reason prove to you yet the new atheism today is why the West is failing and old atheism welcomed Nazi Germany, Soviet Stalin, Benito, Italy, uh, Mao China? What proof do you need? What was the question? Does following logic and reason prove to you yet the new atheism today is why the west is failing the old atheism welcomed x list of uh you know, nazi germany soviet stalin etc it doesn't seem like a coherent question like <clears throat> so none of those were actually atheist movements those were all political movements um and all of those political movements are of governments that are trying to impose ideologies on people the new atheist movements Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Germany, France, the UK, are all people who are voluntarily choosing to adopt atheism. So all of the dictatorships are where there are dictators forcing people or forcing an ideology on people, um, whereas all of the new atheists are voluntarily adopting atheism because it's just a better ideology and better societies. And so comparing the two it doesn't make sense to say new atheism is why the West is failing. It's, it's, it's a product of the success of the West and why it's do, we're doing better than ever. I don't know what he's talking about, but um, the, you can't criticize atheism in regards to like Hitler, Stalin, Mao, because they're dictators and dictators of religious groups are also bad. 
So the dictator part is the bad part. It has nothing to do with atheism. Anything the dictators do are bad because they're dictators. <laughs> yeah. I would say in quick response to that is that I always find it humorous that atheists will hand wave and dismiss any uh, societal experiments that were based on an atheistic worldview as, oh, that's not, you know, real atheism. That's not this and that. And uh, not deal with the real issue of the old atheism dismissing uh, the old religions and inventing, having to invent ideologies to replace them that were horrific and the new atheism doing the exact same thing. And that outside of the uh, theistic uh, worldview structure system, you can't build societies. And the societies that are being built on those structures are, by definition, being more or less and less successful and, in fact, are failing. And the definition that I would use would be a biological definition because that is fundamental to the success of any society. Um, if your ideology and the methods that you're using moves your society to have a, a non-replaceable birth rate, sorry, your ideology, your way of doing things is um, by definition, <laughs> you know, headed for failure. Uh, no, that's actually cherry picking. Um, so if we have a longer life expectancy, better quality of life. That's what, longer... that's what you were, that's what you were doing, right? Cherry picking. Um, no. But, these these ones don't I don't like these dictators so they're not not good evidence of atheist societies. No, so they're not atheist societies. They're Marxist socialist societies. Like there are lots of atheist societies like Japan who don't do those things. And the difference there is that you say here is a society by dictators who do lots of bad things, including banning religion, none of which was based on atheism. Nothing they did was based on atheism. There's no part of like doctrine of atheism that says they must implement lens what, what was it forget the the new kind of uh crop growing strategy that Stalin tried that killed millions of people none of that is supported by atheism a marxism not supported by atheism socialism not supported by atheism the genocide is not supported by atheism atheism doesn't support any of that so <clears throat> crazy quack religious people have this mistaken belief that these were based on atheism Atheism has no principles. You can't base anything on atheism. It literally makes no sense. What we can say is that the difference here is that here is a society run by dictators who are trying to force people to be a certain way. Doesn't matter if it's atheist or theist, it's irrelevant. All dictatorship is bad. And here are the societies today that are mostly atheists. None of them are doing that. They are simply choosing by virtue of themselves to become atheists, majority atheist countries. That's the difference that matters. The people in countries where people choose to become atheists are the best in the world at everything. And except for the replacing themselves biologically. I don't know why that matters. That just literally doesn't matter. It's just like it's not a criteria. That doesn't matter. It, it, no. it matters no. because if you can't if you can't <laughs> prolong your society, no, that literally, is a literally doesn't matter. That literally that's a stupid that's a argument. Fundamental prerequisite. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. For that's a successful that's a society. Stupid argument. A successful society could be we a had a really guy. great society that Stop completely talking. died Stop out. Talking. It was right. great. All right. So only a dumbass thinks that forcing a society to reproduce is a is a requirement to make it a good society. Allowing a society to die could be a perfect a perfectly reasonable thing for a society to do. You live a happy life, you end your life, it's over. And everybody in the society does Again, the society insults ends. aren't arguments. You're an idiot. So insults now, now I'll explain why you're an idiot. 
if a society has a bunch of people who live fully happy lives and then choose to die and not have kids, that society was an amazing society. Does it need to continue? No. Does its continuance make it better or worse? No. The ability to continue a society does not add to the quality of a society. You can prolong societies that are god-awful for very long periods of times. You live in Russia. You should know that. Um, the, so the, the, the idea that <clears throat> there's a criterion that requires you to progress the society to longer seconds. is just irrelevant. It's just irrelevant to quality of life or happiness or the betterment of the society. It's just a stupid thing. Religious nut jobs say, because they want to force women to have more children against their consent. Um, right, we'll that, that is uh, abs absolutely just, uh, just again, an insult without, without foundation, the if you have a car and one car and, and and a car is a good car, it's one of the main things that makes it good is it you know can last a million miles as opposed to hundred thousand miles. Uh, society can pr project itself into the future biologically is a fundamental prerequisite to saying that it's a good society. Um, so if you can't extend all of the other all of the other virtues that a society may have are fundamentally dependent on its ability to project itself into the future. Just like if you have a washing machine, a good washing machine does 5,000 cycles, a bad washing machine does a lot less. Same thing here with societies. Um, and you know, leave it up to the people in who are watching this to say, oh yeah, you can have a great society if everyone suicides. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's so, yeah, not again, a great only, society. Only that's an a idiot society that, that ended. So again, only an idiot thinks that because they have no Everyone in the society who thinks that not are you done? Are you done now? Because you're wasting wasting my time. So only idiots think the 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 longevity and of only, society. Only only childless people who stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Only idiots think the longevity of a society is what makes a society good. What makes a society good is the quality of life of the people in the society. You can maximize their quality of life. And if they don't want to live anymore and they've exhausted their life and choosing to end it, that's perfectly fine. Forcing them to live for longer or forcing a continuation of society for longer does not make it better at all. It has zero qualities of making it better at all. This is a religious nut job ideology that's, again, which wants to force people to make have babies. That's the consequence of this belief system. We know it. If you want a... a a criterion to be the continuance of a society force people to have babies rape murder that'll force it to last longer does that make it better no societies can end after any duration and if the quality of the lives of the people in those societies was amazing then that was a good society forcing it to last longer is just irrelevant it's not like a car human lives human well-being is not like a car it's not determined based off of the amount of years you live. Can people want more? Yes, that's great. Does it matter to the quality of life of a person that they live a billion years? No, people can be happy with shorter lives and that's perfectly fine. It's up to the individual. Quality of life is what determines whether or not a society is good, not longevity, and only a dumbass thinks otherwise. All right. Uh, I will leave it up again to the people who are watching this debate to say, to think that, you know, if you think that you can live a great, wonderful, filled life and just, you know, uh, randomly choose to die at 40 and that that society that promotes that is a good society. I think that's completely, uh, absolutely absurd. The other thing that's absurd is that T-Jump keeps pushing this idea of forcing people 
to live longer. I'm not saying about forcing people to live longer or forcing people to have babies. It's a question of your framework, your worldview, your ideology. Does it predispose you to extend the society or not? It's not about force. It's not about coercion. It's about what happens um, in a society that has a proper uh, you know, worldview basis um, for actually extending itself into the future. All right. Any uh, any response there, uh, T. How much you want to carry on? If you value the longevity of a society, and there's a society of people who don't want to produce a birth rate higher than that, reproduce higher than that to refill the population. If you start to force them, rape them to make more kids, that will that will prolong the society. So the implication of his argument, even though he doesn't realize it because he hasn't thought very much about this field of economics and societal impact, is forcing people by raping them to have more kids to increase the longevity of a society is a good thing. That's that's a necessary no consequence is, of his no argument. No one is saying that that... That the, the that the biological mandate is the only thing by which we measure a society's success no, rate. That's not the argument. That wasn't the and argument. Of course, that was literally it's not the argument. You would say that I if I would say that you know, oh, raping is good. If that's absolutely, absolutely insane. Of course, no one's saying that. That's no one's literally that that's a literal logical necessity of your argument. So your argument is absolutely a society not. Absolutely that progresses not. for longer absolutely is better. Absolutely not. Okay, so let, let's let just explain how he does that. To be considered, that. To, to be considered su successful, a society has to pr pr produce itself into the future. Just like a species, to be considered successful, has to move forward into the future. It doesn't mean that any method of moving forward into the future is um, justified or is ethical or is uh, equ equitable, equatable to success. But it does need to produce itself into the future to be successful. That's that's literally stupid. So if a society of people raping does produce that feature, then it's a higher level of being a successful society than one that has lower birth rates. That's the consequence of your argument. So a society with rape better than one with low birth rates. That's the necessary Absolutely consequence not. of what you're saying. Absolutely not. Because oh oh so so wait, 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 wait. so so a society. It does not need to be able to reproduce to be a good society. Society, a society must extend itself in the future to be considered a society in the future. It does not mean that a society that exclusively well, uses argument. rape as a method of uh, <laughs> of extension is a good society. Genghis Khan biologically was successful because, like, what thirty percent of people in east asia or central asia at the moment can trace their you know dna back to him it doesn't mean that that was right or that was good biologically he was more successful is biological success the only thing that we measure when we're measuring the success of a society of course not but it is a prerequisite no it's not it's literally irrelevant literally so there could have been like a perfect society that only lasted 100 years where everybody was happy and they didn't reproduce that society was objectively better than every other one like Genghis Khan, even though his lasted longer. You just it's just a dumb argument because you haven't thought very much about socioeconomic policy. And insults aren't arguments. I explained why you were wrong and then added an insult. That's how insults work. So I, I hear you're wrong, therefore you're a dumbass. The dumbass part isn't the argument, it's the conclusion. All right. 
we have more questions coming in and if you have a question in the live stream i see that we have still quite an active audience watching <laughs> our live right now uh hit that like button and you know definitely uh, once the debate wraps up share this out in those spaces you like to have these discussions and let them know that they're happening here uh but yeah, in the meantime, we're going to keep rolling through our Super Chats. We're getting near the end. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you guys keep pouring them in, we'll keep the conversation rolling. Uh, we got probably, what, about another 30 minutes uh, before we would like to wrap up. But if we wrap up a little sooner, that's okay. Uh, so it's all dependent on the uh, Super Chats here. So let's carry on. Hackling the headlines. Where are the medical documents? Can we see them? Yeah, I mean, I could probably find those and get this to you. I don't make a collection of those things, but they, I know the people. So, I mean, that is definitely, you know, they got their test results. They went home. Um, so, but it, I mean, I don't have them like in a file, <laughs> but it could be, it could be, it could be gotten to. All right. We'll carry on from there. Uh, Step one in peer review. Make all those documents public. Put it in the paper. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a pretty good, important step. Any thoughts over there, Justice? Sir? Yeah, I mean, uh, in retrospect, that you're right. I mean, that would probably be a really good idea to have those collected. I just never uh, thought of it. Um, but, yeah. All right. Uh, let's carry on. Joshua Woodwind says, Smug atheists need to debate more. Andrew Wilson's. Everyone, if Andrew was rude, then hold your idols to the same standards. No, Andrew was not an Orthodox Christian, meek, mild, and gentle. So Ooh. any thoughts about... Uh, um, we, we, we'd hosted Andrew uh, over DebateCon. So they're, they're saying smug atheists need to debate more people like Andrew Wilson. Uh, if Andrew was rude, then hold your idols to the same standards. So... I think they're saying that uh, people on both sides should do their best to not be rude. I don't think that's what they're saying. I think he, what they're saying is, is if someone criticizes a particular ideology for being rude, they should also criticize their ideology for being rude. I'm okay with rudeness. I think rudeness is great. I'm hyper polite. I'm Canadian. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Andrew made, made a pretty good, put some pretty good points uh, against Matt, I think he did it in a very unchristian way. <laughs> well, let's uh, so, yeah, well, let's try not but, to talk about other debaters. I mean, I I know the question was directly about. Uh, it was about that. I'm only was. answering. Uh, what was the topic, Mister? Basically, he uh, jump answered, and so I was answering. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll try to carry on from there. But uh, what was the topic on that one? Uh, the topic of that question. The topic no, the on that one was. Uh, the debate was is secular oh. humanism good for society yeah gotcha. the actual question yeah sorry the actual debate yeah sorry i was uh i was there for that i'm still uh still in recovery mode or something i guess from <laughs> i'm kidding everyone all right so trevor say says defending that scientists agree on a point that hasn't been proven uh physical uh precipitance to the universe is appealing to authority Bless what you. The, what was the question? JW again? says, defending that scientists agree on a point <clears throat> that hasn't been proven is appealing to authority. No, it's not. So, a couple things there. One, appeals to authority are only fallacious if they're not real authority. Stanford Encyclopedia Philosophy on Fallacies, number nine. Um, secondly, it has no, appeals to authority have nothing to do with whether or not something's been proven. That's literally irrelevant 
uh, in every way. Secondly, or thirdly, quantum fields, which have been confirmed through the Casimir effect, are proven. We have proven them. We, we know they exist. That's why the consensus is space-time is emergent. So all of that question is just a basic, I don't know anything about physics. Tell, tell me you don't know anything about physics without telling me you don't know anything about physics. <clears throat> I, the only thing I would say is that grudgingly, I'd have to agree with uh, T-Jump on this one. The appeal to the, the appeal to authority fallacy is often uh, misused. It's actually not the appeal to authority fallacy. Sometimes it's the appeal to authority, appeal to authority fallacy. All right. Well, let's see here. Uh, Trevor C. says, uh, sorry, we just read that one, actually. We'll carry on. Thank you so much for that, Trevor. Uh, Isa Kabir, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out in uh, the uh, live chat there, Isa. And I, uh, like I said in the live chat, it was a pleasure meeting you in Texas. And uh, hopefully you join us uh, for a little discussion after this. Uh, I'd like to hang out with you some more. Uh, Isa asks, please share more about demons at both. Thank you. So he just uh, he's just <laughs> looking for more. He just he he feels like maybe there was something we didn't get to unpack. You know what, Isa? What I can do for you is maybe, uh, since uh, that's a pretty loose question, I can go into my Chat GPT list that I pulled up earlier. That's right, I use Chat GPT, um, and I'll see if I can find something here. Uh, let's see. How might advancements in science and technology influence our understanding of the supernatural, including the existence of demons? Let's roll that. You one discover out. it. We could discover it. That'd be great. So, again, that would presuppose the physical nature of uh, demons that they could be discovered, as opposed to only phenomenologically observed. Um, That's the same I thing. I think the the questioner is asking for uh, ghost stories or demon stories, uh, which you know uh, I'm happy to provide. Maybe at the uh, in the after show. All right, well, let's uh, carry on there. Uh, let's see if we can get some more that are a little bit, uh, a little bit more specific there. Uh, yeah, Issa, sorry about that. We didn't uh, get too much out of that, but yeah, uh, maybe we'll get to talk a little bit more of it later. Joshua Woodwin, lunatic and quack are synonyms. Also, those prestigious colleges are all garbage today, thanks to your worldview. As medicine America is bad, so is everything atheism touches. That guy sounds like a dumbass because like we've made tons and tons of scientific progress and discoveries like saying that these institutions are garbage just means he's got his head up his ass and atheism is of the countries that are atheists are the best countries in the world at everything. America is like 30th in the country at everything other than guns and war. Um, and so, yeah, he's just a dumbass. Um, yeah. I will, I will just ask that uh, not to come directly at the super chatters there. Uh, and just try to uh, <laughs> to understand it, but uh, yeah, just because uh, we do appreciate our super no, chatters there, and uh, T T Jeff makes it a habit to, to in, he's uh, gonna have to send in more super chats now to defend yourself there, Joshua. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, T Jeff makes it his personal habit to text and insult uh, both the debaters and the all viewers. right, all right. Um, <laughs> so that's <laughs> well, just people in general. I'm happy to insult on. people in general. Alex yes. comes in with his next one here. Says, "Can faith?" Heal an amputee. Can yes. Um, does uh, not that I'm not that I've seen, not that I'm aware of. Um, can yes. All right. Any thoughts over there, T. John? We just move on. Um, 
It's like asking, can a rock heal an amputee? I've never seen it happen, but there's no logical contradiction in it. All right. Let's carry on. Ted O'Neill, uh, thank you. This will be our final Super Chat unless we have an, uh, any more pop in, but we, we've gone for a pretty decent amount of time. So, uh, y you know, uh, if nobody else has any other questions, we'll end off here. Ted O'Neill asks, have larger families not had a greater success rate? Is the atheistic worldly view affecting the success of having siblings and childbirth in society? So again, this is a dumbass religious argument that only dumbasses make. Whether or not you have siblings, whether or not you have more kids, isn't a measure of quality of life. Literally not. You could have no kids and have an amazing life. You have one kid, have an amazing life. Whether or not the society makes enough kids to reproduce the society is a dumbass Republican talking point that is just literally irrelevant to whether a society is good or whether people's lives are good. You just don't need it. It's just an arbitrary statistic based on pragmatism because Republicans and religious people are obsessed with making women have children, even if they don't want them. Alrighty. Uh, I think you can thoughts are just, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. into the, into the, into the literature um, and see that the people who have, are from moderately large families. So from four to six children, uh, usually have the most predictable uh, good outcomes for life, um, both psychologically and economically, um so there is literature on that it's not just a dumbass talking point like no it's uh, false jump likes actually. to uh so like likes quality to, life is single kids likes, single kids have the best to, um likes to say but so I'd, I'd encourage everyone to go look it up themselves again uh biologically putting yourself into the future is a prerequisite for the species a prerequisite for any decent society um, it's not the only thing you could have a horrible society that does survive in the future. Um, but if you want to have a successful society, it does have to pr 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 push itself into the future, um, in some way. So that's, that's the definition of a successful society, um, as one, one of the definitions, one of the fundamental definitions. All right. Uh, Yes. Yeah, so sorry. Uh, so I, did, I, I just found it. Research okay. consistently finds that only children tend to perform better academically and emotionally than multiple siblings. Evolution theory can help explain the only child's education advantage um, and more time with the parents, um, more time to develop with friends, uh, more money can go to their education and uh, hobbies. So yeah, single single children do better, have better quality of lives than. Large. I'd animals. encourage the people who are watching this debate to look into it yourselves. Um, don't take T. Jump's word for it. Um, he likes to insults and um, read things from Google. So we do so have one more super chat. Look. Before you do your 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 closing there and your wrap up, it sounds like you're trying to do a wrap up there, Justice. I will give you both one minute to close. And I'm sorry, Andre, uh, I missed that very first super chat from you. Thank you so much for that first super chat. Uh, and I'm sorry that you sent in a second one to uh, clarify, but I I, I did get you, uh, brother. I'm so sorry. So uh, Andre P asks T Jump, what about historic militant atheists? Uh, there aren't any. I think I don't. I don't really know of any. There's historic militant um, communists. Maybe Dawkins. Maybe Dawkins is a militant atheist trying to promote actually promote atheism. Like there isn't really a militant atheist other than like the new the new the Four Horsemen. Hitchens, Harris, Dawkins, Dennett. Like I guess they're they're historic militant atheists, but nobody else really is. Uh, all of the 
the talking points that dumb dumb religious people bring up, like Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, none of them were militant atheists. They were militant politicians and political ideologies that they were promoting. They had nothing to do with atheism. They're literally irrelevant. They just wanted people to obey their political systems. And so they wanted to take away opposing ideologies, which included religion, like like what Justice was saying about um, Putin taking away uh, Jehovah's Witnesses because they didn't agree with his political system. It's literally the same thing as what Hitler, Mao, and Pol Pot did. Literally the same thing. It has nothing to do with promoting atheism. It's getting rid of dissidents. Yeah. I think that the uh, the observing or the, the interested observer will take into consideration Lenin, uh, a, a well-known figure in the 20th century uh, who wrote 20-some volumes of work um, and consistently goes back to atheism as a fundamental for replacing the Christian ideologies of the nations that he was uh, uh, inf you know, inflicting communism on with an ideology that was consistent with atheism. Um, and so it's definitely not just, oh, you know, it, it was communist. It was an atheist. Oh. Atheism is the vacuum into which communism, Marxism, fascism, whatever ism else that you have is then poured. Um, so yes, is it directly atheism? No, but it's the prerequisite. It's literally the stupidest argument ever. If you have an empty pot, you can pour anything into it, like Christianity or Judaism or Islam. Empty pots are literally empty. So claiming that, oh, well, they poured in a different thing I didn't like instead of the garbage I do like is just hypocritical. All right, let's move into, and I'm going to pass it back over to you, T-Jump, uh, one minute on the clock to give your closing statement. Uh, on okay, I'm done. Good. Next. <laughs> Thank you, T. Jump. One minute on the clock. There, Justice, uh, closing statement. So, as I said in the beginning, I want to do this debate to give a reference point for people who might be suffering from uh, demonic oppression or uh, different demonic influences. I'd like you to consider the fact that there is a historical argument which I gave. Uh, there is quite a bit of uh, evidence from modern exorcists who have been helping people. And I have my own anecdotal evidence, which I pro provided or uh, was able to reference to. Um, if you are dealing with feelings of depression, anxiety, or other more serious uh, influences uh, that cannot be explained uh, that you might think have to do with the demonic, um, I would really, really, really encourage everyone to get psychological uh, help, to get help from a medical institution. But if they persist, know that you may have be, be dealing with something greater, something more powerful than uh, what the medicine or what the, the institution um, of modern medicine can explain, and you may need help. So seek help. Um, Christ can help you. Uh, Christ gives freedom from the demonic. Um, and so be free. Know the truth and be free. Demons right. of the gaps argument. Love it. With that, we will close out uh, our debate for tonight. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, for our debate. I see lots of you hanging out in the live chat here. Make sure you hit the like button uh, if you enjoyed our discussion tonight. Uh, or if you didn't enjoy it, hit the like button anyway. What the hell? It's just not going to hurt you. Uh, so, yeah, what we'll do is we'll close out from here. A big round of virtual applause. Both of our guests are linked in the description. So if you like what you're hearing from either of them, uh, definitely check out the links in the description. We are going to be doing an after show over at Matters Now, so you can come check that out. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy these nice little guitar licks uh, from yours truly. Cheers, everybody. YouTube.com slash T-Jump. Like, comment, subscribe, because give me money. <laughs> <laughs>